We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Talking Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you very much, as always, for locking in. It is casual Friday, even though it is being taped on a late, late night on Thursday. The Buffalo Sabres just played, like I said, casual Friday. That means, as always, I got my good buddy, Joe Yurden, with me. What's up, man? We'll we'll talk about this game in a couple minutes. Not the greatest game, but as a, nah. as a whole, and we're going to talk about this a little bit throughout the show. My attitude and mindset with the Buffalo Sabers is so night and day from a year ago. You've been on, you've been doing with this. Maybe not necessarily every week, but even going back, you were on a lot. Even going back a year ago, and you remember how just vile I felt towards the Buffalo Sabers. And again, Thursday nights mini stinker against the St. Louis blues, notwithstanding it's a, uh, it's all good vibes for me, which is just, it blows my mind. It's crazy, man. But anyway, how you doing? No, doing okay. Doing okay. It was, uh, I, I was trying to get back in the flow of, of watching baseball again this week. And I'm just, it's, it's tough. You got so, there's so many other things going on. You yeah. Know, just to watch, like, what was it? I, I was ready to watch the game what Wednesday night, and then I, I took a look at what the AEW card was, and I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to watch that. And I was like, well, baseball still be going after the game, and then it was just like, you know, the Yankees were losing. I was like, ah, forget it. I don't, don't, don't want to watch that. So I skipped out on that, and then it was well, the Pelicans were playing the they had their play-in game with uh, San Antonio, and they freaking kicked ass. So that was yeah. that was that was cool. Um, but it's just, hey, there's so much, so many things going on. Like, I was thankful that there wasn't really a hockey game for me to watch. I mean, I was, but like, I mean, I could have watched some hockey last night, but like, that was, that was about fourth on the list of things, things <laughs> I was going to watch anyways. I mean, if the Sabres are playing, that's a little different, but like, I don't know, man, there's, there's just, there's too much going on. It's weird that like, you know, I don't know. I got so bent out of shape about how stupid the, you know, the baseball walkout was that I was just like, whatever guys stay away. Just, you know, call me when, call me when it matters, you know? I uh, look, I I'm with you with baseball and like confession time. I, I, for a long time, and I'm not even talking about as a little kid. I'm not about as an adult until recently baseball was right there with football for me in terms of my favorite sport, Mm -hmm. um, fantasy baseball. I, I am a a fantasy baseball nut. Like I play a lot of daily or I did play a lot of daily and I've been in the same league for 13 years. And I'm telling you, man, I would have 
documents in my own data, not other people's stuff, my own. I would create lists and sleeper lists. I would put so much time and so much effort into baseball and fantasy. And I just, I don't know what it is. Over the last couple of years, it's just, I've really fallen out of favor for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Some of it, the lockout, um, I don't know, just a variety of things. Plus, I think, you know, my, my plate is kind of full in life right now. It's like, yeah. you, you got to sacrifice something. Now I'm doing a podcast. Now I'm doing video. I just don't have the time to put into it. But I am still, I mean, I'm still following the Yankees. The difference between now for me and a couple of years ago, as I could tell you, 29, 30 other teams, their roster from top to bottom, how they're yeah. all doing. But right mm-hmm. now, all my attention for the most part is pretty much on the Yankees, which by the way, that reminds me, I just said what a difference a year makes when it comes to like how I feel about the Sabres. What a difference a year makes in Buffalo with baseball too. Because about a year or so ago, like the Toronto Blue Jays were the shit, man. Everyone's walking yeah. around Buffalo Blue Jays shirts. And now I know Vlad Guerrero had three home runs against the Yanks uh, the other night, but you know that aside, I don't, I don't know unless you tweet something about. I don't ever see any Yankee or, or Blue Jay tweets on Buffalo Twitter. It's like Not, uh, the Buffalo Blue Jays are dead. Yeah, that's yeah, it's it's out of sight, out of mind. I, I was at, um, I went to one of the early Bison's games with uh, with Dan Dunleavy, Dan, mm-hmm. Dan, you know. Not to not to be all like, <laughs> well, you know, I got friends that are that are really cool friends, but, um, but but Dan, but Dan was like, hey, I got an extra ticket. We want to come to the game. I was like, yeah, okay. And you know, we we sit we're sitting there, and you know, it's you know, it's an afternoon game, so it's it's not really that big of a, not that huge of a crowd, and you know, the weather was kind of whatever. It started raining at some point, so we were just like, all right, peace out, we're we're gone. But, um, but of everybody there watching the game, I didn't I didn't see too many Blue Jays. Too much Blue Jays gear there. They had a they had a guy doing like one of the um one of the games between innings, and they were playing the Iowa Cubs, and so he had a Cubs jersey on and a Blue Jays hat on, and I'm like, what? Like, okay, all right, man. But there's still you know tons of fans with Yankee gear on and uh, some Red Sox gear. I didn't see any Mets. I don't know. Mets Mets are like a dirty word for for Buffalo baseball fans, but um, <laughs> just because of how the how the Mets treated the the Triple A team when they had them here, but sure. Um, it was bad. Yeah, it was, it was real bad. It was real it was. bad. I remember. But like, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like it's the, the Blue Jay fever went away. I think it's, I don't know, maybe it's just the fact that it's a, they're like, all oh, right, they're a Toronto team. We don't like Toronto. Do you remember how many conversations we had? Like I said, roughly a year or so ago where we were talking about if Buffalo could support a major league team or if Buffalo would support major league team i think those questions have been answered already mm-hmm. and that's yeah. not a dis and by the way that's not me disrespecting the good people of western new york you know and sports fans i just 81 games and baseball is just yeah. it's just it doesn't it feels like a fad when it comes to buffalo which is okay i mean yeah. well they're supportive of the minor league team i mean this is one of the better minor league fan bases but yeah. i always thought those shoes were a little bit too big for buffalo to be able to financially and just emotionally invest in a and a baseball team when you got football and hockey, maybe if you didn't have football and hockey, mm-hmm. maybe, you know what I'm saying? You still, you feel that way, right? Yeah. Yeah. I it's yeah. Baseball is such a long haul. And you know, you know, if, if you got baseball starting up to say, you know, the Sabres were the playoff team. I know jokes. I got jokes. I got lots of jokes, but say the Sabres <laughs> are a playoff team and baseball starting up. Nobody's going to be dialed in on the baseball team. Like they're going to be like, Hey, listen, we got the hockey teams getting ready to start up. We're going to have the party in the plaza going on here soon. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess maybe schedule a baseball game while that's going on. Good luck to you. But, um, right. but like, I, I just, I, I just don't see it now. Of course, you know, Bison's home opener had more people than the Sabres home opener this year. So, you know, there's, 
is that whole thing. But uh, you just reminded me of something. Let me throw some shade. You said the Bison's home opener. Pretty much any Bison's game is better than any Tampa Bay Rays game. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely disgusting. I'm telling you right now, those fans are the worst. This team has been good for years, and it's April. What are mm -hmm. they, seven, ten games into the season? And they yeah. can't even get 7,600 fans. I don't think, know who they were playing. Who gives a shit who they were playing? I think they were playing the A's. <laughs> I don't care who you're playing. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about a city or an area, a region, that does not deserve a Major League Baseball team? It's Tampa. Tampa doesn't deserve a football team either because they're the worst fans. Wow. They're only fans when Tom Brady comes. Dude, I mean, you know this, man. I'm friends with Damone Harris. He was there for a couple mm -hmm. of years. I got free-ass tickets to go to games. There were as many fans of the other team or fans who weren't fans of either team, whether it was Tampa and the other team they're playing. They'd be, they'd be playing the Saints and the people walking around with Vikings jerseys and mm -hmm. Kansas City Chiefs jerseys. And I get it. I, I know it's a transplant city. Nobody's got to tell me. I lived there for five years, but the fans are the worst. The Tampa Bay Lightning, I will get some credit to. That seems like a pretty good fan base. Like you go downtown on Tampa during hockey season, go to a bar, you're going to get a nice crowd and it's going to feel like an, a legitimate fan base. Baseball, football, Tampa, disgraceful. Absolutely how, disgraceful. How much does uh, does the fact that the baseball team plays in St. Petersburg away from everything and Tampa Stadium being kind of like out on its own have to do? Does, it, it, does that have little, an effect on anything? I say, first of all, St. Petersburg alone should be able to support the team. 25 minutes, Joe. I think Raymond James Stadium is or where or the um, I forgot the name of the stadium where the Yankees play uh, spring training and then the minor league team plays. Mm -hmm. It's 20 to 25 minutes. It's like going from Williamsville to downtown to go to a Bills game or, or to a Sabres okay. game. It ain't that far. Bullshit. Don't, 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 don't defend St. Petersburg. Or <laughs> I was just throwing questions. I, like, I, I, I would, listen, I was, the, the one time I was in Tampa, I was there for maybe 24 hours. So I didn't really, I got, I got to see my hotel. I got to see the arena and beautiful. I got to see, I got to see like whatever the, the hockey bar is after it's, the game. That was like beautiful. basically a Buffalo bar in Tampa. So uh, so that was all I got to see, really. I mean, you know, the canal side walk there, which is or the channel side walk, which is real nice. But I didn't, I didn't see nothing. I saw signs for Raymond James Stadium. I like heading out towards the airport. It was like go to the airport one way, stadium's the other way. And I was like, well, all right, bye, see ya. But yeah, that, I, I to say, I, I if if anybody said I explored Tampa, no, I did not do that. It's a great I, city. It's saw beautiful. Very little of it. Good people, nice people, good city, lots to do. Horrible fans. Horrible fans. They're not even fans. They do it because it's trendy. That's yeah, it. I get that. They did suck. you did you happen to see what they what the the scam they pulled the Rays pulled for opening day? No. What did they they, they announced that they sold out opening day, which was like, wow, hey, that's that's really cool. They didn't mention that they were not allowing seats tickets to be sold in the third level. So people were taking pictures in the That's stadium. Right. I saw that. And That's the entire enough. upper level is empty. And they're like, what do you mean? What it's sold out? Like what? Like what they're like, oh well, we didn't we didn't sell tickets upstairs. It's like, mm -hmm. well, the bottom two levels don't look full either. Like, what what kind of joke is this? Joe and I are both wrestling fans, and we were talking for wrestling a few minutes before the podcast, before we started taping. They do have a wrestling all the time, too. Like they'll completely close off the top and then they'll announce a sellout or whatever, or they'll completely mm -hmm. like with the TVs, they you won't even get to see those uh those areas. Eh, whatever. That's I don't know sad. how this ended up becoming a table. Well, because you mentioned the Bison's home opener and attendance. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm sitting there saying the the Bison, or I don't think Buffalo could support a major league baseball team, but I didn't say that disrespectfully towards 
Buffalo sports fans because they are sports fans. Mm-hmm. It's more of a question of economic reasons, and you yeah. know what I'm saying, stuff like that. But Tampa, man, uh-uh. they're just they're not it. Now I'll I'll tell you this. I'm looking uh in July, I'm taking my dad to uh we're gonna see a couple of Yankees games, one in Cleveland, one in Pittsburgh. Nice. Uh, so I was looking at the tickets prices in Pittsburgh. Now they don't have a you know, the stadium's not huge. Like there's there's you know, compared to other stadiums, it's like may- maybe 35,000, 36,000. Like it's about the same, it's you know, max attendance is like Fenway Park. Uh, but it's a it's gorgeous. PNC Park's amazing. And I was looking up prices because I was thinking, like, okay, like where are we gonna be able to sit? And I was looking and seats like right, right behind, like between first base and third base behind home plate. And you can get in pretty close for like 65 bucks a ticket. And I'm like, is there a problem in Pittsburgh? Like, I mean, I know the team stinks, but like, it's funny. You I don't know, it. man. You, you'd think they would jack the prices up because the Yankees were coming to town, but like, no, like, I mean, if they, I mean, if maybe they are, I mean, I don't know what normal pirates prices are, but like, I'm looking at these and like, I'm going to tell my dad, I was like, so, how close do you want to sit? Because <laughs> that's really going to be like, as like the, the, those the money might cost be the this jack- is going to be nothing. Like those might be the jacked up prices already. Man. I, that's what I mean. Like, but like sixty five bucks to like basically sit behind home plate. Even okay. In, okay. In, in Florida, in spring training, where I live, so I live ten minutes away from where the Pirates have spring training. I lived about fifteen minutes away from where the Orioles have spring training, and I noticed the Yankee price hike. Like mm. they would be playing most teams, and the tickets would be cheaper. And the Yankees would come in for that day, and tickets would go up 50 percent. Just for that game. It's funny you say that because I actually, I've never been to Pittsburgh for a game. And I'm actually considering going to a game as well this summer. I don't know if it, a, fr- a couple of friends were talking about taking a trip for the weekend. I, I don't know mm-hmm. if it's going to be the Yankees or whatever, but yeah, it would be nice uh, to go to Pittsburgh. Yankees are there like uh, July 5th and 6th. I think it's only two days. Um, so it's right after the holiday, but, uh, and it's like midweek. It's not a weekend. So that I, maybe that, maybe that's got to, that plays a part into it. I don't know, but yeah, it's, it was just weird. Like, I mean, listen, go go to a game in Pittsburgh. I don't care. It doesn't matter who's playing. Watch them go play the the freaking Rays. I don't. It doesn't matter. Like that, you know. Watch them play the A's. It does. Watch them play somebody else bad. You'll enjoy. You'll love it because there's not a bad seat in the entire stadium. Like the view's great, uh, and everything else. Like just having to do with the stadium itself is just it's freaking awesome. It's it's such a it's such a great place. As boring as baseball could be watching it on television, I will say the experience of going to a game is really, uh, it's different. I, I love yeah. going to baseball games. I'm not a big, unless the Yankees are playing and I'm in a mood, I don't really watch a lot of games anymore. Mm-hmm. But when I'm at a game, I always find a way to, uh, I always enjoy it. I just like the vibe. I like the atmosphere. One question, then I want to talk some Sabres. Got nothing to do with sports, but I, I want to, and we've never talked about this before. So I'm actually Ooh. asking this for the first time. Okay. Are you a fan of MCU? Marvel, MC- like the MCU? Oh, universe? yeah. Yeah, no, I'm a total, ner- like Marvel, DC, all that stuff. I you know, I geek out for all that stuff, yeah. Well, let, let me tell you what I'm doing right now. Um, Every now and then, and again, I've said this before, I work from home, so I get a lot of time to uh, watch stuff while I work. And I take on these projects, like I did uh, Christmas movies, I don't know what it is for, for whatever reason, <laughs> I didn't grow up watching all the shit that everyone else did. Or even as a young adult, like I watched 25 Christmas movies that I'd never seen before this season. Now I'm doing MCU. Now there's 27 of them. I looked it up. I did the research. They're chronological. So what I'm doing is I'm binging. Mm-hmm. Dr. Strange two is coming out on May 6th, mm-hmm. Which, by the way, folks, if you're watching and listening, it's my birthday. If you want to 
get my Amazon wish list up. I'm just playing. <laughs> but, but seriously, Doctor Strange 2 is coming out May 6th. So I said, you know what? I'm going to watch all these movies, all 27 of them. Now, I will wow. say this. Well, here's the thing. Some I hope you them, started two months ago. No, I started two <laughs> days ago. Oh, no. Okay. That's funny that you say that. But seriously now, listen, I have watched some of them before. Some I've never seen at all. Some mm. I've watched, like say we'll be laying around the house in one of the movies like Avengers or something like that. It'll be on TBS. You know, it's on like USA Network yeah. or TBS or TNT all the time. Mm-hmm. I've watched bits and pieces. Or I've, sometimes I've watched a movie in its entirety. But I only like loosely paid attention because if you, once you kind of, if you don't know what's going on, it's easy to kind of just lose your focus. Cause you're like, what the hell is going on? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of stories and layers, as you know, in the MCU universe. And so I watched it before, but I never really paid attention to all the details and like really buckled down. Now mm-hmm. I'm watching them every second of every movie and I'm studying them. Like it's a, a college class. <laughs> <laughs> so I started this. I, I decided to start this just what today. We're taping this late Thursday. I think I started this Tuesday. I'm I've already watched six. Six. Watched six. And again, oh these are God. all in chronological order. So I've already seen like order of release, right? Yeah. No, like, okay. no, 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 no. Order of the time, like the time frame of when it oh. fits together, not necessarily oh, in order that man. they were released. So I'm doing it chronologically. Oh, man. Like you, you're, you've kids. gone, you've gone in neck yeah. deep. Holy big time, cow. Big time. Okay. And again, I, I know, listen, I know who Captain America is. I know who Iron Man is. I know Robert mm-hmm. Downey is. I'm not going to play oblivious to all that, but I didn't know a lot of the stories and I'm starting to learn them and I love it already. Like I've already seen uh Captain America, the first Avenger that was first. Mm-hmm. Then there was uh, and again, this is why it's chronological. Captain Marvel is from only 2019, but that's number two chronologically yep. in, in MCU. Then it was Iron Man 1 and 2, then The Incredible Hulk, and then this morning I watched Thor, the first Thor. It just mm-hmm. says Thor. There's nothing to it. So I've learned like how Captain America came to be. He was this little skitty-ass little runt right, <laughs> at the beginning. Right. I've learned about uh, The Incredible Hulk, how he became the Hulk. Um, it's just It's been really cool. Captain Marvel is really cool. The only movie so far of the, of the six that I hated the Incredible Hulk, thought it sucked. Um, I didn't like Ed. I love Ed Norton Jr. as an actor. Mm-hmm. Just didn't feel right. He didn't fit for me. I understand why he didn't continue on in the series as oh, Hulk or as, as Bruce there's, Banner. There's probably a lot of reasons for that, but yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> and I and you know, and I know this is unpopular because I know how much everyone loves Tony Stark's, but I'm not a huge Tony Stark's fan. Mm-hmm. So, but it was, again, it was cool just learning the story so far. So. Yeah, I'm six in. Yeah, so far, far, far and away to this point through the first six, Thor is by a million miles. Thor is my favorite one. You are my favorite movie, and he was my favorite character. He's funny, (laughs) dude. He's funny, man. Yeah. Um, what was it? So I don't know. Again, I'm might be triggering your memory. Maybe I won't. The first Thor, he gets set to, or he gets banished to Earth to, Mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, and he's looking for. (laughs) He walked into a pet store and he just. It's like he declared, I'd like to buy a horse. You know, they, they got like birds and shit in there. <laughs> says, I like to buy a horse. It was just, I literally laughed out loud. It was just funny. But you are an MCU guy. Which is I am. Cool. Like, I'm, I, I'm not to the level of like, of like Dell. Like Dell reads, Dell reads, he's above and beyond. Like we're, I mean, Dell and I are both comic dorks. Like let's not mm-hmm. get it confused. But Dell is so much more into Marvel than I am. Like I, 
I was more of a casual Marvel fan when all they started making the movies. And obviously, you know, they started making the movies. Wow. Okay. These are, these are pretty good. These are fun. Um, but like it didn't, in most cases, it didn't make me run out and buy like the, the source material, but go buy a graphic novel and be like, okay, I want to read about this. There was only one that did that. There's only one that did that. And it was, uh, uh, Captain America and the winter soldier. That was the only one that made me go out and be like, oh, okay, I got to read up on this. Like, yeah. I want to I read more of this. So when you get to that one, that one's my favorite, I think, of all of them. Um, really? Because it's the story itself is really good. Now, when you get later on into how things go, and I'm, I'm not, not going to spoil anything for you, but the way that that gets, the way that the story from that gets played out in, in future movies is kind of annoying to me i don't really I, I didn't really care for the for the twists and turns that came with that but um but that movie on its own it, to me is like a it's like a super uh like a spy thriller kind of movie like it's it's a legit really good movie like that one you know black panther's great um thor ragnarok is like the most fun movie out of all of them like, out of every single one of them and like I can imagine. After the first Avengers movie, I, I didn't, I didn't really care. I didn't like Civil War. You know the the two part you know Endgame set that they did. Like, I don't know, man. It was it was. I don't know. I I I, I didn't. I, I think there was at some point where I got comic burnout. You know, and it comes from you know all the movies. You know the 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 TV show like the DC TV shows like there's so many of those and like I was. You know, I was binging like Arrow and The Flash and then, you know, all the Marvel movies are out and I'm watching all these things. And I'm just like, at some point I was just like, all right, I need a, I need a break. <laughs> I, I, I've seen too many capes. I've seen too many. I've seen too much stuff. And I'm just like, man, I, it's, it's not me. It, it's crazy. because <laughs> well, like, It's it's crazy because it's like it's oversaturated, but also like it's not enough for a lot of people. Like, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm trying to take in everything, but um but it's just oh man like the, I, i've been very much i've been much more picky and choosy about how to get it like i'm trying to not play into my ocd of like i know i gotta i gotta watch every single thing right away i gotta i, I gotta stay on top of it i gotta you know <laughs> gotta collect them all gotta pokemon the movies like just you know i can't i'm, I can't, I'm the opposite can't do it man i just <laughs> it's too much it's just it's way too much want to hear some funny real quick here before we go to a break and then we'll talk some savers and owen power here <laughs> so we're taping this joe and i are taping this late thursday night typically for casual friday we tape this around lunchtime we decided to go late tonight because owen power is having his uh he had his savers home debut and i felt like the content just wouldn't be fresh if we if we gloss or if we skipped over that entirely and talked about a game that didn't even happen but what's funny joe is <laughs> i said something to my buddy right before we started taping i said damn I wish Joe and I would have taped today because I came home tonight and I'm like, I kind of want to watch the next movie. <laughs> I was like, I want to do a podcast. <laughs> I want to watch the Avengers. I might be up to four in the morning because when, when this all wraps and I get it all up on YouTube and you know, the audio podcast is out, I might end up watching the, the Avengers. It's like, I watched the separate ones and now this is the first Avengers movie where they're together. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I can't wait. And I am, I don't do shit in moderation, which is a terrible habit. But like, I'm just going to keep binging. You said 27 of these. So I'm already through six man. shit, man. By the time we tape next week, 
depending on how things go, I, I, I'll probably be more than halfway through 27 of them. More I'm, than halfway, I predict. I'm just really impressed that you're trying to cram all these in before the second Doctor Strange movie comes out. Because I, I feel like when that when the first one came out, that I, I think that that came at a point where there was some half burnout, even with Marvel fans, because they're just like, oh, okay, like, listen, we, we've had a lot of movies. Like, let's just take mm -hmm. it easy. I, I think, and I think some of like maybe the, the fan reaction to it, maybe not necessarily like critics. Nobody gives a crap what critics say about comic movies. They'll, they either hate them or they go over the top and it's like, all right, right. That's, that's enough. But I think when, when the first Doctor Strange came out, people were so mad about Tilda Swinton and the, the role that she had. And like, you know, it's Tilda Swinton. She's a fantastic actress, but her role should have been played by an Asian person. And that's not great. Um, and like that, I think a lot of that movie kind of suffered because that was a huge distraction. And also... It, it's like a time travel, time bending kind of movie. And like that just messes with people's heads. I watched it like, like probably a couple of years after it came out. I thought it was great. I friggin' uh, Cumberbatch is awesome. He's, he's just such a dick as, as Dr. Strange. Like Dr. Strange is kind of like a, you know, smart, cocky dick guy. And he plays it to the hill and it's great. Like, you can't hate Cumberbatch and like literally anything. He's he does a good actor. So good. He's a good actor doing that. Cause he was, I watched uh, the power of the dog, which was just nominated for an Oscar. Mm -hmm. Same kind of role too. Yeah. Pop is dick. Yeah. Um, I mean, but it's like, but like him as Sherlock, like, I don't know if you ever saw the Sherlock BBC, like short run no. series. Oh man. It's really good. It's, it's really, really, really good. And one of the, uh, the, uh, the guy who plays Watson is the guy who played Tim in the BBC office. And I don't know if you're if that will. I don't know if you ever watched the BBC office. I but. did. I I I have it in my mind who you're talking about. Yeah, he like basically the, the British version of Jim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, mm -hmm. but yeah, he's uh. But yeah, it's yeah. I mean, those two, those two in Watson that are uh, in Sherlock, freaking great. It's a it's a fantastic series. Well, I'll tell you, I got two reasons why I'm uh, I'm binging. A, like I said, I want to I want to understand it now. Like I've watched some of these movies. I've watched bits and pieces of almost all of them but now i want to understand them i want to understand the stories and what they mean and these characters better plus mm. some good starting five draft material to come out of some <laughs> mcu stuff <laughs> i mean I, I didn't you didn't you already do some of that with dell like no uh, what no not at all oh no oh, man not, well probably because dell. no i was gonna say dell probably would have he we had part. we might have done categories that didn't weren't necessarily directly mcu stuff but he would incorporate those characters or movies okay. into uh, the drafts anyway. No, I don't. I didn't know anything about him. So now oh, I want to know enough. But I, I'm not messing with him when it comes to MCU. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. He's he's he's, he's he's obsessed with that shit. But uh, all right, let's take a real quick break. We're gonna come right back and we're gonna talk. Uh, Buffalo Sabers. Owen Power made his Buffalo Sabers home debut. Be right back in about 20 seconds. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, I'm back with Joe Yerdin. So, um, well, let, let's start with Thursday night's game, I guess. Not a great night for the Buffalo Sabres. Um, they lose, was it 6-2? The same was the empty netter? 6-2 was the yeah, final. 6-2 with the empty netter. Owen Power made his home debut. He did his uh, NHL debut was Tuesday in Toronto, which I do want to talk about that as well. But uh, he had an assist, so he got his first point. Um, got beat pretty bad on one play, which... Whatever, it's just gonna happen, man. But right. uh overall, I mean, I really don't care so much to talk about the game itself, but from what from what you've seen from Owen Power over say the first two games, uh what are you thinking? And just uh this team generally speaking, like I said, not I mean, we're not gonna we're not gonna act like Thursday night's game didn't happen because it right. did. But just your thoughts on this team over the last handful of games. I, I got some specific thoughts on Toronto, but we'll get to that and we'll get to that in a few i had a tweet that was uh that went viral on twitter a lot of people liked it i'll, I'll get to that in a second but i got you on man i want to get your thoughts just on how you, what you're seeing from the sabers of late and like i said your first couple uh looks at owen power now what are you thinking well i'll start with power because i mean he's he's the man of the hour ever power's the man of the hour holy god i can't believe him doing rhymes <laughs> unbelievable <Bible>. anyways uh <laughs> But he uh he's he he's show he's showing me everything that that he had at Michigan, but like at the pro level, like his the calmness to his game, the confidence to his game, his ability to not get you know really crossed up in anything. He's just I mean they plugged him in and just said okay man go, and that to me is you know it's it's a test like that's that's a big test from Don Granado to do that, but it's it's also showing me that he's 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 ready he's 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 gonna be a very good like right off the bat he's gonna be a very good defenseman and you know give him a little time to you know to grow into it and you know really really blossom because you know you know again defense is a very difficult position to play when you're young like that's you know goaltending is the hardest defense is right behind it uh, because because there's so much adjustment that you got to do is you know going from college to pros you know in a week, like that's, it's a big step up in quality. That's a very, mm-hmm. very, very large step up in quality. And he's looked really good. I mean, you know, they play against St. Louis, whatever, you know, fine. Like, Oh, you know, if, you, if you're going to hang that around his neck for forever, because I like, get a life, please. But he, he's shown, uh, you know, he's shown that he's, he's, he's got it together. Like he's, he's going to be a very, very good player. Uh, and I like that. He's, he's seemingly not bothered by anything like he's gotten you know penalty kill time right away which you know again first first couple of games in the nhl he's getting penalty he's playing in the penalty kill unit like that's 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 impressive like that's the and not showing any ill effects like they stopped what four or five toronto power plays they didn't let toronto score the power play so that's impressive um and you know you know, he's gotten a little bit of power play time. He's going to get more as, as time goes on. Like that's without a doubt. I mean, 
Darlene and Darlene and him are going to be the the power play quarterbacks for the next God knows how long, you know, mm-hmm. as, long, as long as, as long as they don't screw things up like that, those two are going to be the guys that are, that are going to carry the power play for the next, you know, however long. Um, so that's, you know, that's what I look forward to seeing a little bit more from them. You want to see, you know, I want to see that offensive game kind of show itself a little bit early on, but if it doesn't, I'm not bothered by it one bit. You know, he's already played 40, 40, whatever games at Michigan, like fine. Like that's fine. He's played those games at Michigan. You know, he, he, Played at world, you know, played in in world championships last year for Canada. Like this kid's kid's got it together, man. He's he's really good. He's going to be really really good. And you know, I I can't imagine you know really getting too difficult about anything he's done through two games. It'd be really tough to do that. But man, I I've really liked what I've seen. Let me ask you this question. And, and the last thing we want to do is compare Owen Power to Rasmus Stalin. Mm-hmm. But I will. Well, I sort of am doing that because it feels to me, and let me know if I'm wrong, and you certainly would know better than me. Rasmus Dahlin comes in the league a couple of years ago with all the God-given talent in the world, electrifying. Mm-hmm. You know, if we want to use a wrestler, he was the rock. You know what I mean? He's yeah. just had all this skill, but maybe was a little bit young and immature to an extent. Not saying that necessarily even in a bad way. It's just his mm-hmm. age. Right. Whereas it, it seems to me like Owen Power might not have that flash that Rasmus Dahlin does, that God-given physical skill to make mm-hmm. you go, oh, you know, and, yeah. and have your jaw drop in, in a play like we've seen now. More often, too, with Rasmus Dahlin of late, especially. But yeah. Owen Power seems to come into the league a little more mentally ready, a little more uh, mature for, I guess, being a rookie. Well, literally a rookie the first two games. <laughs> and, and it just seems like he seems to me like he's a little more ahead of the curve when it comes to the uh, the mental side of hockey, whereas Rasmus came in a league, like I said, just a spectacular, God-given human highlight film. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah you know what? It, it does. But he's also coming into the, he's coming into the NHL a year older than Darlene was. True. Uh, as a rookie, you know. Um you know, Darlene had played a couple of years within the SHL, you know, the, the men's league in Sweden. So he had that maturity, that, that part of maturity to his game already. Um, you know, powers coming in after playing two college seasons, you know, and, you know, playing for team Canada. Um, and you know, it's, it's a different, it's a different kind of, it's a different kind of setup. Uh, because, you know, because, you know, listen, Sweden, Sweden's a loaded group. Like they're not, you know, they, they don't need Darlene to play for the world world championships not to say that canada is not loaded because they are but like you know when you know we had guys bubbled up and and doing all that stuff it's a little it was a little different and you know guys nhl guys cut out from world world championships no matter what like they're just kind of like whatever they they much rather go on vacation than than go play 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 in a hockey tournament in europe mm-hmm. uh after the seat like after the season after the playoffs are done like they they, they 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 got better things to do but the fact that power was asked you know, being an 18 year old and, you know, playing a year, playing one year in college that he got to do that. That's, it's impressive. I mean, that says a lot, um, but he should be a little bit more mature, you know, and, you know, it, it's not to say that Darlene didn't have this kind of upbringing in Sweden because, you know, he even basically been playing in the SHL from when he was 16 or 17 until he was drafted. Like that's, that's, it's impressive. It's really, it's really mm-hmm. impressive. Um, but the situation powers coming into right now in Buffalo, at least you know right now on appearances, seems very steady, uh, safe. 
and not at all goofy. Like it's, you know, you know, Darlene comes in and he has Phil Housley as his coach, which it's pretty good. You know, it's pretty good for an offensively gifted defenseman to have a guy who was an unbelievable offensive defenseman, you know, sure. like Housley and Housley knew Housley coached him. Like it, he was coaching like a young version, you know, himself as a, as a rookie. It's like, Hey man, you got the talent. You just go, you, you can score, you can handle, you can do whatever you want. And he was, and he put up the points. People forget about that. Like, People forget he put up a ton of points as an 18-year-old and on a bad team. <laughs> let's not let's not forget the Sabres still weren't good, you know, at that point. And he he was doing stuff that guys like Bobby Orr didn't do. He, you know, Housley was the guy who, you know, was the was the mark that he had to try to beat. And you know, nobody's gonna touch that because 1980s hockey is a is a was a, a whole freakish thing. But like he did something Bobby Orr didn't do, man. Like Bobby Orr's the greatest defenseman of all time. Well, arguably he's top three player of all time in the NHL. So, you know, but it's powers coming into a much better situation than, than Darlene did, you know? And I mean, I, you know, I don't have to go down the, the, the road and say, right. You know, it's, you know, everybody knows how that went, you know, you know, how's he was here. Then he wasn't Ralph was here and Ralph would try to over, you know, correct, overcorrect everything that, Darlene was in his rookie year and that didn't work. So, you know, it's, it's a different situation where, you know, Darlene got, Darlene got set back because things were stupid in Buffalo. Let's, let's be straight out. Power's coming into a situation where it's different. There's a, there's a coaching confidence here. You know, it's, you know, it's, you know, vibes. If you want to call it the vibes, it, it's fine. But, um, but the way Donato coaches the team, you know, they've got Dan Girardi, you know, helping out with, you know, with coaching, coaching guys on the side, coaching the defensemen, especially um, it's it, he's proving to be invaluable uh, to, you know, to Darlene, he'll be invaluable to power in helping him, you know, and helping him grow into things, grow into the NHL roles. And um, it's, you know, if power has a better early part of his career, it's due in part that he's coming into the situation as it is now. Sure. You know, we, you know, we, we don't want to play back to the future and, you know, and hop in the DeLorean and take Owen power back to, you know, at this age, back to, you know, when Darlene first came in and say, let's see how he does in this situation. Like just be thankful. The situation is what it is now so yeah, that sure. both guys can flourish and both guys can do really well. I, I, I have zero qualms that power is going to, is going to be a very, very good player. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, that's an outstanding point that you bring up too, that he is coming into, not that people are or should compare the two. I was just talking about like their their attributes as they came into the league. But yeah, you're 100% mm -hmm. right. Owen Power is definitely coming into a, a much better situation. It's almost as oddly as it sounds because at the beginning of the year, I was like, God, please just make Owen Power get here soon. But it's like, <laughs> he doesn't need to come in or be the hero from day one. You no. know what I'm saying? Where I kind of felt no. like to some extent, Rasmus Dahlin, to some extent, uh, he had to, this team is playing, you know, what's funny. And again, Thursday night, notwithstanding, and you know, they got handled pretty easily in Tampa, but this team seems to play well in kind of big moment games. Like being in mm -hmm. Jack Eichel was really cool. Winning the heritage classic in Canada was really cool. Mm -hmm. Tuesday night in Owen powers, NHL debut, they, they beat up on the Leafs, man. And power yeah. played very well. I think he played like almost yeah. 20 minutes of ice time. He was a mm -hmm. plus two. And, uh, it was fun. I put up a tweet. I'm gonna I'm gonna slap it up. If you're watching this on YouTube, by the way, if you are, please subscribe. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Trying to get up to uh over a thousand subscribers here. But anyway, 
I was so excited. I was on, I was on a high Tuesday night. I said, seriously, there's not many things in sports that make me happier than the Sabres beating the Maple Leafs. It's so much fun. Fuck them. <laughs> seriously, they, for me, the Yankees beating the Red Sox, uh, Notre Dame when they beat Michigan, and uh, that might be obviously the Bills when they beat every time they beat Miami or New England. That's about it, man. I don't care. Well, I do care if, what the Sabres record is, but just beat Toronto. That yeah. alone can make me happy, man. It, it, it's a great feeling to beat Toronto. This seems fun. I'm excited about it. I feel like I don't want to go back and watch our podcast from a year ago because it'd be like, <laughs> who the fuck is this guy right now that's talking to Joe Yurden on this podcast? Respect your roots, Pat. Respect where you've come <laughs> they, from. They got some good players. And you know what else, too? I'll pull this up. You're watching on video. This guy right here, Jack Eichel. My little bobblehead of him. By the way, they are winning 5-1 tonight. I've been kind of tracking that. So they'll probably be one point out of a playoff spot. But they are. They do have a one game more played. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, they got three first-round picks, man. And, and that Vegas pick we thought was going to be right near the bottom might not end up being uh, near the yeah. bottom. Yeah. I, just, I can't. I can't. Before I turn over to you, Joe, I just I can't believe how many times last year I would tell you, please – Go sell the fans on hope. Remember that? Remember how yeah. many times I told you that? You're telling me that at the beginning fans. of the season. You can't, yeah, yeah, you're right, kidding right. me. You're saying at the beginning of the year. And you struggled to do it, which anybody would. I mean, Any normal human being would struggle to do let's, it. Let's not let's not try to remake history here. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course it was hard to do. I do got one more uh, topic that I want to talk about with the Sabres. And um, the Bulldog from WGR, Chris Parker. Somebody had tweeted him. I'm going to, I'm going to throw this tweet up and I'll read it for people listening. It, it concerns the Sabres goaltending. We kind of hit on it a little bit last week. We talked a little bit about, a little bit about Devin Levi and Bortillo both going back. But anyway, this is about UPL because this is something I've been wanting to ask you all week. And I saw this tweet. I'm like, yo, I want to screenshot this and uh, make sure we discuss it. Somebody asked um, a guy named Tim Brown asked the bulldog. He says, any chance to keep Anderson around for another year or will it finally be UPL's turn and maybe some other veteran backup. And Bulldog said, this is the thing to watch most closely as I think it may offer a clue as to what they think they can be next season. They need a real move for a proven goalie who isn't 40 years old. If UPL beats out that guy, great. But settling for a UPL slash Anderson tandem would not be good in his opinion. What are your thoughts on that? I 100% agree with that. Yeah? Um, Why? I, I agree with it because I don't, you know, UPL's had a had has, has had a very busy, difficult season with Rochester. Um, you know, there were there was some injury stuff before, uh, again, which you know, hey, injuries are becoming an actual thing. You got to worry about with him. Um, the numbers haven't been super like by any stretch. Like you know, the save percentage is under nine hundred. Uh, you know, the goals against, which is a team stat, just like wins are. Uh, pretty high, but you know, the Amherst are a team that has very poor defense. Like they're very, they're exceedingly poor on defense and Lukanen has, he's had to battle. He's had to be almost like, like an eighties goalie. <laughs> when you think about it, he's had, to, he's had to just keep his team in games enough so that they can, you know, so they can maybe outscore the opponent because, you know, you got Jack Quinn, you got JJ Paterka. Those guys have been scoring at ridiculous rates all season long. You know, Paterka's a point a game, Quinn's a point and a half per game, you mm -hmm. know, this season. Like those those guys can those guys can help bail you out. 
Um, and Lukanen's just had to keep try to just keep things keep things as quiet as possible while under fire every single game. You know, he's you know he's facing like I think thirty four or thirty five shots a game. Wow. As a prof- as a professional, that's obscene. Like wow. that's yeah. that's an obscene amount of shots for for a pro to face. That's the kind of stuff he was. You know, I don't even think he faced that many shots per game when he played in Sudbury. And that team played some of the worst defense I've ever seen in the OHL <laughs> going back. But like Lucanen was like the goalie of the year, you know, the co-goalie of the year in the OHL that year, or in the CHL. I'm sorry. He was the goalie of the year in the OHL. I think, I don't know. Either way, he was fantastic, but I don't know that you really know what you got with him now. Like they, 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 they're keeping him in Rochester because they want Rochester to make the playoffs. You know, they're in a fight. They're in an absolute dogfight right now to try to make the playoffs, which, you know, hey, that that's a good bonding thing, If especially if they can make it. Because if they make it, they've earned it. But Lukanen is, man, Lukanen has just had such a rough year of just trying to keep it together, you know, because that team is just so leaky on defense. Um, you know, he got a handful of games earlier this year in Buffalo, and he looked pretty damn good. You know, this is when the goaltending was at its absolute worst in Buffalo. Uh, when he came up and he put up like a 915 save percentage and, you know, however many starts he had, but he was really good. Um, I would have loved to have seen him play more in the NHL this year, but, you know, I respect what they're doing with Rochester. So that's fine. Um, but if you're going to crown him and say that you want to split the starts 50 50 with him and Anderson next year, you are begging. You are begging for problems to happen because it's going to, if think of what they had to deal with with injuries this year. You know, uh, the, 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 the rigmarole that they had to go through, to, you know, just getting bodies up and around, you know, bringing guys up from Cincinnati to play in Rochester, you know, Michael Hauser had to make, make a couple of pinch starts again in Buffalo, you know, for the second straight year, mm-hmm. you know, how, you know, Hauser's a good, you know, Hey, listen, he's a good every man goalie. Like that's fine, but that can't be your, your fail safe solution. So that's health. Health has a lot to do with why you agree. Health Anderson's age is a it has to be a factor i mean he's 41 you know it's it's absolutely a factor um i would i would be if they if they're gonna run that back next year if you're gonna run upl and anderson as your duo next year i don't i don't know i don't know what kind of message you're sending to the team at that rate because you're just i mean you're saying like hey team you know team camaraderie like hey we'll rally around each other that's cool and all but for 82 games and you're thinking, you know, with the way you've played here in the second half of the season, you got people thinking playoffs next year. Again, yeah, that year's not a cute story. This is a cute story. No. How the Sabres have turned things around this right. year and we're excited next year. I don't think the expectation should be. This is a cute story anymore. No. Next year. The expectation should be, we should I be mean, in the mix for not necessarily in the playoffs, but they deserve, they should be not deserve. They haven't mm-hmm. deserved anything yet. Right. They, they, they should be in the mix for the playoff spot, not for, adoration from people who thought they were going to be terrible mm-hmm. like me and probably a lot of fans. I guess what I'm lost a little bit with when it comes to UPL is determining whether I think it was better for him to stay in Rochester in this playoff run. And I understand, and you've explained very well the benefits of that, but then I'm also like, all right, well, don't you think the team would probably have a little bit better idea of what they might get from him going forward? If he played another 10 to 12 games in Buffalo with the Sabres, that's kind of where I'm at a loss right now. Yeah. I get the benefits of him being in Rochester. Again, you laid it out perfectly well. I get that. But I'm I'm also like, well, 
I would have liked to seen him play here more in Buffalo because ultimately he's yeah. going to succeed or fail as a Buffalo Saber. Why not get him more games here? That's where I'm kind of uh, at a at a loss a little bit. Yeah, that's and that's that's something that I've been, you know, I haven't yelled about it a lot because I mean it, it's hard to be extra critical of of you know the coaching staff and and management because they've done a lot of they've done a lot of really good things here. I you know I, I know they're trying to do right by the fans of Rochester. I get it. I, I get it 100%. The, the fans in Rochester are very, very peculiar breed. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. They, they, they're most, most fans of minor league teams will root those guys on when they go to the pros. Not Rochester. No, <laughs> they, they want them to stay there as long as possible to make sure that they can win and, you know, make the playoffs and win a Calder Cup. Like that's, that's the kind of situation they want there, um, which is very strange. I, you know, I, whatever i'll never understand it because like i'm i'm always of the mind of of if i'm a fan of a minor league team i want to see those guys move on and have success i'm sure they there's a good number of those fans that also want to see that but also they don't want it to come at the detriment of their own team which is fair like that's that's fair but when you're a minor league team you're a farm team you're there to to help those guys grow into becoming nhl players right and yeah. in, in UPL's case, like, yeah, I, I wanted to see him play 10, 15 more games at the NHL level. I wanted that. And I think that was, that was a big reason why they wanted to, they, they signed Anderson was to have him be, um, to be a mentor for, for Lukanen because yeah, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you want to have a guy that's, that's really scraped and clawed and, and really, really gone, you know, gone hard on being a, you know, I'm being such a, a solid pro. I mean, a 300 plus winning, you know, game winning guy. Like that's, I mean, that that's a guy who played on a lot of crap teams for a long time and he's had an exceptional career, everything considered. Like he's had just an outstanding career. Um, but that's, you know, that, that's where this whole development plan and granted this all started under Bottrell um, with how they wanted to develop it. Things have gone sideways beyond Lukanen's control beyond Bottrell's control in some cases. Um, you know, the double hip surgery, which, you know, you know, came up because, you know, af- after he won gold at the world juniors for Finland, you know, he, he twinged something a little bit and they said, all right, let's, let's get the double hip surgery. We'll get it done. We'll have him ready, ready to go for camp. They did that and they got him going. And then the plan that year was to have him play in Cincinnati, swap some time out at Rochester, and then, you know, really get, get your feet under him as a pro. Well, injuries happen and Lukanen had to quickly move his way up the ranks, you know, where he's, you know, he goes from, you know, being a steady Cincinnati guy to splitting time in Rochester and Cincinnati to like, oh no, now he's got to come up to Buffalo, you know, like every bit of the, the, the strategy that they use to try to, you know, develop him the right way went sideways because of, because of health reason, because stuff happens in hockey. Like that's, that's just the way it goes. Um, but right now they're in a spot because they still don't really know what they've got as an NHL guy. And that's, that's the worrying part. Like, you know, I, I, the, the argument this year was that the, the job was there for him to take it in training camp. And he was, he performed probably the worst of, of all the guys in training camp. Yeah. I remember that. So, you know, I mean, Hey, listen, you know, he's a kid, he's the youngest of the guys, whatever, send him down. Like, that's fine. Let him work on it there. Then maybe when it's time, he comes back up. Well, he came back up because, you know, uh, Tukarski got COVID, Anderson got hurt, 
Uh, Dell was bad, you know, like uh, everything, everything went sideways at the same time so that he got pressed into duty. I remember that we were, we had a podcast that week and we were talking about how we should stay in Rochester and then everybody got hurt. Yeah. Had no choice. Yeah. But to bring him up one more Sabres question here that I wanted to ask you when it comes to Craig Anderson and we won't get into um, specific names. Now we'll have plenty of time to do that, but let's just say for the sake of discussion that you think the Sabres should move on from Anderson this offseason. They're obviously not going to move on from UPL. And mm-hmm. you want to find an upgrade. You want somebody who's better than Craig Anderson. Mm-hmm. Do you think, given what he's given to the team on and off the ice this year? And again, we don't need to get into specific players yet. But do you think that'll be reasonably easy to get out for the Sabres to A, well, the cap won't be an issue, but for maybe the Sabres to attract somebody who's better than Craig Anderson to want to come here? Do you think that'll be reasonably easy for them to be able to do? If you're looking for somebody to just kind of spend a year or two here, you know, the choices in free agency aren't good. <laughs> Again, right. you know, the, the choices aren't really very good there. If you want to swing a trade for a guy that's got a year, a year left, maybe that that's a solid pro, like a uh, Semyon Verlamov, the Islanders, like he's got a year left. I think he's got a year left on his contract after this season. So, you can bring him in and say like, Hey, listen, play for a new deal. You're not going to get that deal here probably, but like, just play for a new deal. Hey, maybe you are going to get it here. I don't know. We'll you sure. know, but just know that we're going to have you split time. You're going to carry the load for the most part, but you know, Lukanen's going to get a fair number of starts. Um, and you know, he, Varlamo's had to do that the last two years with the Isles with Ilya Sorokin there. Like that's, that's something he's got, gotten used to doing. Um, but that's the kind of player you got to look for. You know, I, I, I think, I think everybody's pipe dream would be like Mark Andre Fleury, have him come in be the nicest guy in the world and, and, and really help things out. But like, he ain't coming to Buffalo. Like that's that, that I don't see that happening unless he wants to be near Pittsburgh, but not in Pittsburgh. I can't see that happening. But like, if you trade for a guy like Verlamov or maybe, maybe you can sign a guy like Billy Huso, the blues, he was their backup against uh, against the against the Sabers on Thursday night, but he's had an outstanding season. But if I'm that guy, I'm looking for a long term deal. Which, I if you're the Sabers, I don't think you're I don't think you're signing anybody to a long term deal, and you're not trading. I don't think trading for a guy with a long term contract is the right move either. Because if you're if you're dead set that Devin Levi is your guy or Portillo, right. although I'm I'm less optimistic Portillo's gonna sign in Buffalo. Um, but if if you believe that Levi's your future, you know your goalie of the future, and you're going to bring him in, you can't block the path to the NHL. Like you just you cannot do that. That's what that's what got him stung years ago with Cal Peterson was that, you know they had you know they traded for Leonard, and they had Olmark and Jonas Johansson, you know they're waiting in the wings to to move on to the NHL. And so you know if you're Peterson, I yeah I would not signed either. I would have been I would have been looking for another place to go too, but. Um, they don't want to do that with, with Levi and you know, at least in my thinking now, if they don't believe Levi's going to be a guy, then, you know, maybe you say, screw it. Maybe we'll trade for John Gibson. Maybe we'll trade for, you know, somebody else who's got, you know, some years left on a contract, but, um, but that's, that's why the, the goalie spot is such a fascinating off season point because there's, there's, there, it's going to tell a lot about where they think they are, where they think they can go. And where yeah. they think the guys that they've had they have in the pipeline, where they're at and where they think they're gonna go. Yeah. Because if they go short term, you know, short term, like hey, guy on a one year, 
get him in there, have Lucan in play. You can figure out what Lucan does. Maybe this guy keeps you in the keeps you in, you know, in the hunt, keeps you in the race, so that maybe you're knocking on the door of the, you know, of a playoff spot, or at least competing for one. Like you, you know, you know, the, the whole, you know, playing important games in March thing. You want to be doing that with this crew. And <laughs> yeah. conceivably the offense is going to be a lot better next year. The defense is going to be really solid, you know, because you got, you know, Darlene Power and Samuelson on your left side. That it's 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 really good. It's gonna and it's gonna be it's gonna be really good, but you gotta know, you gotta you gotta have a real good idea of where you think you're gonna be next year. If you think you can, if you can get a guy like Varlamov, that's a pretty good way to be like, okay, we're gonna make a push at a playoff spot. If we don't get it, it's not you know it's not gonna kill us, but we gotta be knocking on the door. That's where yeah. I think they gotta be. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. Goaltending without question is gonna be the biggest storyline of the summer and going in the next season and for what it's worth i have heard that the sabers organization is significantly higher on devin levi at this point than uh portillo before we get to our 35 draft 80 sitcoms i want to spend a minute or two talking about our favorite idiot quarterback God. around the nfl baker mayfield uh. so i you know i i I should have done my homework. Baker Mayfield was on a podcast and I'm sorry, but I don't know the podcast, but essentially he was uh, complaining about being booed and basically suggested, and I'm paraphrasing slightly that he would like to be able to go to your job and boo you and see how you like it. If he went into your everyday job that you worked and he booed you. And this obviously got picked up everywhere. You know, Baker Mayfield, big name. <laughs> what, are you, what are your thoughts on this? Because I, I will say this, and I, and I tweeted this out too, Joe. I said, you know, hey, Baker, if you want to come to my job and boo me, if I deserve it, fine, come boo me. He's acting like a victim here and all this, what's going on with Cleveland. Now, the Deshaun, signing Deshaun Watson, that's a whole other you know, a uh, can of worms. And I don't really want to get into that. Mm-hmm. Our feelings on Deshaun Watson. I'm sure they line up similar, mine and yours, when it comes to Deshaun Watson. But anyway, the point being, if it wasn't him, it was going to be someone else. They were done with They were done with Baker. The guy has had every opportunity in the world and have some have some thicker skin. You deserve to get booed. That, simple as that. What are your thoughts on this? I just, half of me thinks it's funny that he wants to come boo us. At, at, at our jobs but the other half is like are you serious dude this is why you've become so fucking unlikable <laughs> but anyway what are you what are your thoughts baker had a real good case to be a super sympathetic case because let's face it browns ran him out there with what a separated non-throwing shoulder for what half the season yeah, he that, was hurt. That's, He's that's hurt pretty, multiple that's, times. That's, yeah. that's pretty. That's pretty bogus. Like, I mean, I get it. It's not your throwing arm, but like, man, you got to do everything else. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to you got to take snaps. You got to run. You got to do all this other stuff. They protected him very poorly. You know, the offensive line was bad. Um, and then you know they they told him like, hey man, you're a guy. You're a guy. Then they said, actually, we're trading for Deshaun Watson. You're not really our guy. And what's that? What'd you What'd you guys say? No, no, nothing, nothing, Baker. No, 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 no. We're not, we're not doing that. Don't believe, don't believe those rumors. We're definitely not giving him two hundred forty million dollars guaranteed. We're definitely not doing that. We are totally doing that. Sorry, Baker. But like you know, but like you could look at it and be like, man, they, this dude got screwed every which way from Sunday. 
And instead he comes out and he's just like, you know what? I want to go to people's work and boo them. Like, dude, screw off, man. Like, just you can you can play the you can play the sympathy. You can play the sympathy part. Like, you can do that. Like, you know, you like, I mean, maybe people are sick of you from your commercials and crap, but like, man, oh man, just you know, you're not you're not taking I mean, you're taking an L, but like you're be the L's being forced on you. You know, just just you know, people have sympathy for that kind of crap because who the hell hasn't been, you know dumped out of a job they told it you know they were going to keep or whatever like that kind of stuff is much more identifiable instead you're talking about you want to show up to somebody's office and and boo them because you don't like what they're doing like get life man like get like i mean he's so grow up but like geez kid he's so overrated joe it it bothers me how overrated he is i he's one of those guys overhyped yeah i don't know i don't know if it's i can't even overrated too i didn't know if he's overrated because like he is. That team was too good. The last, the last two years, they've run him out there to get his ass beat. Like they, they, I agree. You know, to what like, they, like, they you can't two, do anything when you're running around for your saving your life. They got two Pro Bowl linemen. They've had two Pro Bowl receivers. They have the best running back tandem in the entire NFL. Now I know he's had a bunch of different coaches, and that was never stable coordinators, all that stuff. But at the end of the day. You know, Sam Darnold, if you want to talk about somebody who's gotten bad breaks, he go into the Jets, mm-hmm. no fucking talent whatsoever. Yeah. Then he goes to Carolina, not much more talent. And I don't, and I, and I just don't think Sam Darnold's very good. But Baker Mayfield had the weapons galore, right? They did a lot. They got, by the way, Austin Hooper, and they got two good tight ends. So Cleveland was never short of weapons. Now, again, injuries matter. Some things matter. The dude was just never consistent. Josh Allen's. What an overhyped, overrated draft class the quarterback class of 2018 was. Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen. Lamar Jackson won an MVP. We'll see how he does over the next four or five years. It's very exciting. Uh, Lamar, Jackson, was, Lamar Jackson, who they wanted to make a wide receiver and not play right, quarterback? Exactly. Okay. He, he proved them wrong. It's him and Josh, you know? But, yeah, dude, Baker Mayfield sucks. I'm sorry. and he, I don't care where he goes. I'm telling you right now, Seattle, don't matter where he goes. He's going to not be a good football player. You can put him on the Kansas City Chiefs right now. Let's say Patrick Mahomes tears his ACL and he's out for the year, and they say, oh, we better go get an experienced guy. And they bring in Baker Mayfield. That offense is going to stink. They're not going to be good. He's just not a good quarterback. He's so overrated. And what? I can I think- keep going on and on. It's just starting to feel personal. What well, is personal? Because <laughs> I don't like him. I don't like him. He's one of those fucking guys who's playing the other people all the time. When you what? got Odell Beckham's father pointing out film and album, Bad you are uh, quarterbacking, man. Are Come we on. gonna talk Odell Beckham as a no, paragon of virtue here? Come I on, know dude's selling NFTs with Aaron Rodgers, man. Like I know. Like, let's I know. <laughs> let's relax on that. I, like if 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 Odell's my reason for not liking a guy, I don't no, have very that's, good evidence. That's I agree. All right, I'll but like you know, you mentioned you mentioned that quarterback class and you mentioned all those names. You're like, wow, these guys all stink except these two is like didn't you just make the argument that like it really depends on where you get drafted and the situation you wind up in? Like to an extent, you know, Allen wound up. Allen got treated like like a king here and got the proper coaching because I get we, we talked about like rewriting history with you know with with the saber stuff. The way people come out of the woodwork now to 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 talk about how like oh, nobody believed in Allen when he came out of Wyoming. It's like they had pretty good reason not to, you know, like there was, there was some really solid statistical reasons and everything else. Why not to that dude got better as a pro because he put in the work and the coaches did right by him. 
Same for Lamar Jackson. Like the Ravens are always always a good team, annoyingly sure. so. So Lamar Jackson winds up there and it's like, oh crap. Well, he's immediately better than Flacco. And they were just like, yeah, no, he can run. He can go. He, it's him. It's his show. And they took advantage of that. Like, that's the right thing. You got to tell me the Browns and the Jets and the Cardinals are like teams that know how to figure it out. Uh-uh, man. Like, the, the, the you know, the, the, the Cardinals. I agree. Like, the Cardinals who are busy trying to run Kyler Murray out of town now. Like, come on, man. Your like, theory, the, the Browns are always bad. Like, your the theory, Jets. The Jets. Right. Your theory's right. I'm not questioning your theory. I just feel Baker Mayfield could have went to 32 different teams, and I think you would have seen almost the same result because I just don't think he's a good quarterback. I just don't. There's too many weapons on that team for that offense to not be better than it was, and he's got to shoulder some of the blame. And again, stop blaming other people. That's all I'm saying. Man. It will be interesting to see because he's obviously done in Cleveland. Like, where is he even going to go? Seattle's the one team I could think of right now that could – where he could potentially go and mm-hmm. potentially compete to start. There's no team out there right now that's in dire need of a quarterback. And if they are, they're going to draft one. Like Carolina yeah. ain't trying to sign Baker Mayfield right now. Carolina is no. trying to get a quarterback next week. They'll, they'll you know? draft Malik Willis or, yeah. you know, or pick it. Uh, maybe there's those they're going to take somebody. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Pit. Yeah. Whatever. I think yeah. Baker, Mayf- Baker Mayfield's going to have to swallow his ego a little bit and, just wait a year and, and hope that he gets another opportunity. You know, you know where he should go? You know where he should sign and be a backup and just kind of wait for wait the Birmingham Stallions? No, no, no. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Could good fit potentially. Rival. I know sure. people here like think Trubisky's gonna be the real deal there. I ain't buying it. Like, dude, I watched them for years with the friggin' Bears. I'm not sold you, on Trubisky. You kidding me? The dude, the dude threw the other team more than he did the Bears. Like, I can on. see Pittsburgh drafting a quarterback and having they, Mitch they be, a, be a bridge Pittsburgh guy. Should. I do Carolina think should. I, I agree. I do think Mitch is better than ba- Baker Mayfield. I just don't think the guy is uh, that good. I can't believe we just spent 10 minutes of our lives discussing yeah. Baker freaking Mayfield. <laughs> you did this to us, Pat. I you did. made this I did this. I did this. All right, let's get to our starting five. That's how we end every week here on Casual Friday. So it was a very big day for Team Pat Moran last week. Uh, best 90s sitcoms. <laughs> I won 62% of the vote, to, or 68 to 32. One of my what? best wins ever. Wait, what, was it 68, 32 or 62, 38? Because the graphics 62. is one thing. It was. Well, I wanted it to be 62 or 68, 32. 62, oh. 38. I, here's who I drafted, folks. I took Seinfeld, Full House. Spin City, Family Matters, and Boy Meets World. Joe drafted Frazier, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Roseanne, Married with Children, and News Radio. I think this draft, personally, was about two things. I think my TGIF, TGIF hits, um, though those went well for me. And I think, to your defense, I think people hate it. I think too good? <laughs> I think you t- taking Roseanne and Married with Children are two staples in American sitcom history. I think those were taken for granted, and I, I dude, my entire reason, list was taken for granted. Are you it, kidding me? It, it, it did not resonate for whatever reason. I just feel like uh, Roseanne and Mary Will Children did not resonate. I'll just uh, I'll just say this: we we've had a lot of talks uh, in messages about internet polls, mm-hmm. and those kinds of things, and this one really ranks out as uh, the West Seneca Police Twitter beating chicken wings in a Buffalo <laughs> Twitter poll contest. Uh-oh. Don't, I don't know. Don't Maybe that's what started. it sounds like. Dude, don't get me started with that best of Buffalo bracket. Mm-mm. 
Dude, shout out to Rex Sports. Just chicken wings losing to a police department Twitter account as the Dude. best thing in Buffalo. The, Give me a break. And your tournament is done. Tra- the transit driving. If I went to 100 people randomly in the street, probably have never even been there once, always ends up in the Elite Eight of that poll every year. I might have driven by it once. but <laughs> Well, I, look, those guys have fun. And they get react. Yeah, they, they do. Oh yeah, they got it. They got me. They got me worked up about it. Exactly, so. mission accomplished. They're, they they get reactions. So I was really, that. I was really worried. Uh, to your police, point, the, I know the what police Twitter account was going to beat out Rick Jenneret, and thankfully that did not happen. Because <laughs> if that happened, I was going to be calling out everybody publicly on Twitter to be like, <laughs> "What the fuck is your problem? What, like, are you kidding me?" Yeah. All Anyways. right. So here we go. This week, so we said we're going to go down the by decades. Last week was nineties. This week is eighties. And by the way. I feel like the 80s is a home game for me. I always do. Anything <laughs> 80s, I live for the 80s. I still live embarrassingly so for the 80s. And then next week, we're going to wrap up and we'll do 70s. But this week is going to be uh, best 80s sitcom. Now, I went with the no-brainer, I think, last week because I had first pick with Seinfeld. And this, so that means Joe's on the clock this week, so he's going to have the first pick. And do you, is, there an, is there an upset in the making here? Uh, do you? Well, do you think this is the same situation where there's a where there's an automatic number one as far as 80 shows go? Like just I'm just saying in general. Um yeah. So yeah. you're not okay, you're not okay. No, no, I'm I'm honestly I'm honestly curious because like 90s, it was pretty much like, yeah, it's gonna be especially because we're anti-friends people. Um, it was like Seinfeld was automatic. But people who aren't anti-friends people will defend right. friends, they'll they'll stick oh, of course. Their- They'll they'll dig into the dirt and defend them. So right. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure anything's can compare in the '80s with what I'm assuming okay. is going to be your first. Pick. Okay. Well, well, if, I if I assume your assumption's correct because I'm picking Cheers first. Because <laughs> Cheers, Cheers is the is easily the the best sitcom of the '80s. With without a doubt in my mind, it's the best one. It's it it think of everything that it did and then everything that it, it went through it. Like, you know, you look, coach dies, you know, or, you know, he, he, he passes away while they're, while they're making the series. Mm-hmm. They have a big turnover with Shelly long to curse the alley. They bring in Woody, they bring, you know, doing all this stuff, you know, Frazier becomes like a big side character and they bring in Lilith and like all these, all these characters. And it was just like, wow, you guys made this work for yeah eons. Kept like, reinventing the, reinventing the, uh, and stayed funny the entire time like there wasn't really a letdown the only letdown season i would say is the last season that shelly long was on because the sam and diane thing was just kind of like all right enough with these two like i'm done with this but like they moved like they changed they changed everything up so swiftly and so smoothly that immediately it was just like wow okay no it still works still works and still as funny as ever let me give you a hot take man okay i think Cheers is the greatest traditional American sitcom ever. Not ever. Just the 80s. Ever. Ever. Wow. Traditional American sitcom. Now, The Office is my favorite TV show of all time, but that was a mockumentary. That's a different kind of style of comedy. Yeah. I'm talking about laugh tracks, before in front of a studio audience type mm-hmm. of thing. You know, traditional American sitcoms. Nothing is ever to me been better than this show for a lot of the reasons you just said the way it just kept reinventing itself with different characters and stuff and the only thing i will say about cheers though and you could probably say the same about almost every show in the 80s mm-hmm. is it wouldn't work today like 
that shit ain't gonna fly today. A, a, a good part of it would not, dude. I watch. I still watch it from time to time. It's very dated. There are there are some shit. episodes where it's just kind of like, yikes. Carla walks by. Dude's smacking her ass. Everyone's getting a good laugh at the bar. She might laugh. She might throw your drink in your face. Sometimes she laughs or has a wisecrack. Nowadays, shit. That ain't happening. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can't. The stuff that went on on chairs in the 80s is vastly different from the world we live in today. So sometimes it can be a little bit almost cringy watching certain aspects of it. The womanizing, things like just yeah. what you see on TV that was, I would, that I would was argue that the way, necessarily celebrated, but it was humorous yeah. and it was laughed at back then. Wouldn't work today. I would I would argue that the way that Carla handled everything of those sorts of degrees made it like oh okay right like these guys are gonna be pigs like she's gonna she's gonna yeah oh, I love dunk, dunk on them for, yeah. ferociously yeah. Tam uh, Sam being a huge womanizer probably wouldn't go over that great but like come on former former star athlete being a womanizer like come on. one other thing about come that on. show I hated Joe I, I you know I'm getting this conversation I have a whole podcast about chairs it's one of my five favorite shows of all time. Um, the one other thing I hated about it, Sam Malone, mm. horrible, horrible baseball player. In real, like on the show, I remember he had a, <laughs> in a dream. I think he had a dream where he, or he was hallucinating or something. He was having a catch with mm -hmm. a kid. And this guy was a former major league pitcher and he's throwing the ball like this and <laughs> stabbing at the ball and barely even catching it. It just looks so unnatural. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. It, it legitimately pissed me off watching that scene. He lost all credibility. <laughs> as a former Boston Red Sox pitcher. But uh, anyway, good pick. I mean, yeah, pick Cheers. Right. If I didn't pick Cheers, man, I would just, I'd be like, here, everybody vote for Pat. Make him, <laughs> make him win 98% to two. All right. So I'm on the clock and I got two here. Now the first one is easy for me. I don't think okay. that this is necessarily one that the masses would say, oh, this is definitely number two. But for me, for personal reasons, it's family ties. This was mm -hmm. one of my favorite shows growing up. Alex B. Keaton. I'm talking about Michael J. Fox, of course. He was my hero as a kid, man. I, I still remember this to this day, Joe. He wore ties all the time. Mm -hmm. I went to West Hurdle Academy in like Black Rock for uh, elementary school. And I literally remember sixth, seventh grade, you know, t everyone's wearing t-shirts or sweaters or whatever. It's mm -hmm. public Buffalo school. I was wearing ties. Because I wanted to be like Alex P. Keaton. That's how much of an influence he had on me as a character. But he was awesome. Uh, Mallory was hot as hell. And it was just a great, again, traditional American family. I loved them. There were some tender moments. They always, mm -hmm. they busted each other's balls, but they always had each other's back. I'm talking about the kids. Mm -hmm. It was just, it was a great show, man. I, I loved it a lot. So that's one. And that one was easy for me. This is where this gets hard for me because... I've weighed and knowing I was going to have the next two. And I was assuming you were going to take chairs. Mm -hmm. I'm weighing being honest with myself and bringing myself back to those days versus mm -hmm. what the fallout might be today oh, no. for obvious reasons. Oh no. And I decided that I'm going to take myself back to the eighties and the Cosby show. Mm -hmm. It's my, that's my second pick. This was a, uh, this was like the first black all American type family on TV, you know, every, mm -hmm. it was just happy. Uh, they, and, and by the way, it was the first predominantly black show to just completely dominate the ratings too. I mm -hmm. mean, this was the show, you know, you talk about all these NBC must see Thursdays, these lineups through the years. This was the one that kicked it off, man. Mm -hmm. Thursdays, 8, 8 PM, NBC, 
I hate saying it now. It's almost in, in some ways embarrassing to say it, but I loved Bill Cosby. I thought he was hilarious. I thought he was funny. He was a, a great dad. The kids were awesome. Theo was really cool, man. I, I, I loved uh, Felice Richard, who, was, who, by the way, my Richard's real life wife. Um, mm -hmm. I just, I know everything he's done and I know that that tarnishes it. I'm not going to try to say that it doesn't or yeah. deny it in this. I might. Maybe fans might hold that against me. Maybe they they're, won't. They're gonna. They're probably going to. They're, they're probably. Uh, probably. But I'm just being truthful with myself here. I'm taking myself back to teenage Patrick mm -hmm. in the 80s. And this show was just as, except for Chairs, this show was as good as it gets. So I'm going to live or die with it, man. I'm going to I'm gonna stick with the Cosby show. Now, you're going to be up and you got to. See, I, I don't disagree with your sentiment, but I just couldn't pick it. Like. I just, it just can't like, that's, it's too, it's, it's too much of an association. It's, it's like radioactive now. It's almost, it's, al it's almost like saying Chris Benoit's here. <laughs> if we did yeah. a wrestler draft and, yeah. I, and I took Chris Benoit to a, I mean, yeah. that might be a little bit extreme, but the general point of what I'm making and, and it's, and it sucks too, because you're going to have two coming up now. Mm -hmm. I was really torn between two that I really liked, which are two mm -hmm. completely different shows. And I ended up going with the Cosby show. So we'll see how this plays out. You're on the board. You got two. Well, hopefully I can make this uh, very punishing for you. Um, I, I also assume you weren't bullied wearing ties to school at all. I'm, I'm hoping. Not really. <laughs> okay. I was looking a little bit weird. Okay. No, no, not bullied. People knew I, I didn't try to hide. I didn't try to hide it. I was okay. sort, of, sort of popular. All right. Well, I mean, hey, if you if you can flex it, flex it, man. That's, that's good, <laughs> that's good <laughs> on you. Um, so, all right. So. Listen, yeah, this there's so many good 80s sitcoms and like the syndication made everything so much more fun to watch because it just made it last even longer. Sure. And my next two picks are prime examples of that. Uh, my next choice is The Golden Girls. Yeah, you're dead in the water now. <laughs> That's you're, what I was. You're DOA. I was torn because The Golden Girls was awesome too, man. And obviously much more likable yeah. characters in it. I was really torn over that i was really yeah. hoping that you might say yeah i don't like that god damn it yeah you blew, you, you blew it pretty bad there and uh <laughs> and night court uh night court Good with ha with harry anderson and marky post and john larroquette and you know richard mole the whole the whole crew like very underappreciated show i think at the time i mean it was on for a long time yeah uh, it was like what eight nine ten seasons maybe shitty time um, slot it had like that 9 30 yeah. time slot on thursdays awesome freaking show though man yeah and you know legendary tv theme like you know the whole thing but like man harry anderson was just so damn good and the whole like the whole show and like lara cat like think like lara cat like that was like like that spun him off into doing like so much other stuff that like i mean granted it didn't really didn't really last that long but like that dude was always so good because he just played such a smug prick and he, he was, was still funny smug prick. yeah dan, dan fielding like that was, that was such a great role for him but uh but man but like when that when that went into syndication and more people got to watch it they're like oh my god the show is so funny like yeah yeah it is and it's amazing that it got kind of buried for you know for you know just for being on it late at night i guess 
It's actually, I think that show's gotten more popular through the years as, as generations catch on to it in syndication, you get mm -hmm. much more respect for it. You know what's funny? I feel like this is the uh, AFC playoff round right now, the wild card round. And I'm starting to feel like I'm the New England Patriots defense. <laughs> and you're Josh Allen and me right now going up and down the field. Throwing lasers. Scoring at me. I'm in trouble, man. The wheels are, the wheels are coming off. You really better, better have a way to dig out of this. I don't because... know because this was a the 80s. Is, and nobody loves the 80s more than I do. But mm -hmm. the 80s was very top heavy. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the, the best shows. Yeah. Way better than the next tier. And yeah. we've gotten. We've gotten past the big tier. And I. Can I make a fair argument that you've already gotten at least three out of four, <laughs> if not four out of five. So I feel like I'm in a world of trouble already. I got two coming up here. Um, well, fuck it. At this point, I'm just going to stay true to the shows that I personally like. And I really don't okay. give a shit right now if fans are going to agree with me or not. But I like who's the boss. So I, I'm going with who's the boss. Tony Maselli okay. was awesome. I like Tony Danza. He played such a good idiot. Mm -hmm. A lovable idiot on the show. Look, Samantha. Probably one of my first crushes ever. I think I was, uh, she was like 14 year old me was in love with uh, Samantha. Listen, Milano, yeah. of course, I'm talking about. Uh, Grandma Mona was pretty funny too, like a perverted old woman and stuff. I didn't like Angel yeah. like that much, but that was a really good show. I liked it a lot. So I, I'm going to go with that one and feel good about it. And then the other one is Different Strokes. And this was a mm -hmm. pretty cool concept again. Uh, you have an old, rich, white guy adopts two black children and i'll tell you this i mean it's easy to look back all these years now and forget or if you're young you never know this but if you're old you forget about it i'm gonna tell you right now gary coleman was one of if not the biggest child stars around maybe ever he was a huge star back in those days a child yeah. star man he was funny as hell um it was a funny show it, it, but it also we talked about this with fresh prince of bel-air it had some serious messages or serious oh, yeah. moments and and mm -hmm. almost like in a trend setting type of way this was a good show man um again i don't know at this point if this is really going to resonate with people if it does it does if it doesn't it doesn't but i liked it so there you go so i got who's the boss and different strokes and uh i think you're on the clock and you got your last two coming up here my, my last two okay so this is i'm gonna call this my revenge week because i'm i could i could pull back i could be like i'll just pick a couple of things i like that I like that I, you know, that are like really like low key, like nobody remembers them. Just kind of like, ah, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that one. <laughs> I'm out for blood. Okay. Like you're this. Pissed about, you're pissed about last week's. You're going to run the score up. Yes. Yes. No, absolutely. No. Josh Allen stays on the field when it's 65 to nothing. I don't care. <laughs> I want him to break every touchdown record at this point. No, it's uh. so my last, my last two. Uh, I'm going with taxi. All right. Good taxi, which was, uh, you know, I, we had like one of these, these discussions in the past before, and I went back and like, had to watch some episode, like watch some old episodes and watch some, like I watched some like interview with Christopher Lloyd. And then I was like, some of the, the some of the scenes that they were showing from that, I was like, Oh my God, this show was so funny. And like, you know, Andy Kaufman got a lot of like the, the hype for playing, you know, for playing uh Laka. Yeah. Yeah. Laka. Yeah. So like, you know, he totally goofy, you know, playing a goofball kind of character. And, but like Judd Hirsch was great. Christopher Lloyd was great. Danny DeVito was incredible. Like the, you know, the whole show, even Tony Danza, like he just jumps in there. He's pretty good. You know, uh, Mary Lou Henner, I think also like 
that's a stupidly loaded cast for like a, for a show in the 80s. Yeah. Crazy. Like Danny DeVito, like his first, like the first thing that he really like got on the map for. And like, everybody's yeah. like, who is this guy? He's a maniac. Yeah. And man, it's, it's such a good show. And I can't believe it only lasted what what's uh, it started in late seventies and only went to like 84. I think it was, but like, yeah, like five syndi- seasons, maybe syndication played all the time. It was on all the time in syndication and man, oh man, it was so good. Um, my last choice, uh, you know, some of those ABC shows back in the day were were really strong, but it was like it was always on a weird night, like Wednesday. It was a Wednesday night or something. It was just kind of like, all right, whatever. Um, but Growing Pains, Growing Pains was like the Seavers, yeah, the Seavers, man. Like with you know Alan Thick and Kirk Cameron, and then you know they, they get the last like season or two they get like leonardo dicaprio is on the show and it's just kind of like what how do like how do you <laughs> how do you pull this off with this yeah with this show and it was just like it was a really good show and it was very you know very sweet and wholesome classic sitcoms classic 80s sitcom style but like hit it out of the park all the time you know you had those like serious episodes but then you also had a dude named boner on the show so like you know <laughs> like you know like what else what else could you ask for Kirk Kirk Cameron was one of the biggest heartthrobs, teenage yeah. heartthrobs of the eighties. My my sister was uh completely uh, obsessed with him. All right, well I got one. This is it. Last pick. <laughs> you sound so disheartened. You're like, well, <laughs> this is the end. I'm at least going to turn the card in here. Uh, <laughs> hey, you never know. Let's. I will say one thing before I get to this last pick. We have had. I don't know if it's ever been to this extent because I just being honest with you, I feel like I'm getting crushed here. <laughs> But there have been some polls that we've done where it kind of felt like it was going to be really lopsided, Mm -hmm. and then it wasn't. I'd be shocked if this isn't. But anyway, I do feel good about this. week. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I thought last week would be close. But this week, I I don't expect it to be close. Anyway, uh, I feel pretty good about this one. I I was torn between a couple, but I'm going to go with Newhart. I did like this show. show. I I will say this, though. I don't know how you feel about it because it was one of those... Love it or hate it, the endings, the dream. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. That bothered me. Yeah. All right. But as a whole, again, I'm not going to penalize the, the entirety of the show. I liked it a lot. Uh, the handyman, and not just Bob Newhart, the handyman George was really funny. And mm-hmm. then yet, and I remember one of the most famous sayings at times, Larry's, my brother Daryl, my other brother Daryl. Yeah. This was a really good show. And it was on yeah. for quite a while, too. It ran for yeah. almost, I'm looking it up now, eight seasons, 1982 to. To 1990, so it ran for eight seasons. I feel pretty good about this, but I feel I. It's not that I don't like my picks. Mm-hmm. It's that I think a the Cosby Show is going to hurt me. But yeah. not even even if that didn't happen, I think the Golden Girls should have been the pick regardless. I just think that you got like three, like you had that murderer's row. You're like you're three, four, five, and your baseball batting lineup right now is just fucking crushing it. Yeah, out of the park. Uh, I did want to list a couple. I wrote some down here. A couple honorable mentions that we didn't mention, but I I enjoyed these shows. I don't know about you, but again, I wrote these down. Webster, Head of the Class, Punky Brewster, Benson. I actually like that show. Full House, which is one of those shows we talked about this last week. There's mm-hmm. a handful of shows where you could go 90s or 80s. This yep. was around for three years in the 80s, three or four years in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Perfect Strangers, Mama's Family with Vicki Lawrence. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Another one, the Jeffersons. Now, I consider the Jeffersons more of a 70s show, maybe yeah. a potential spoiler alert for next week. But this ran to 1985, so it, it's eligible for the 80s. Wow. Um, Elf, 
threes company. That's another one where I think it's seventies eligible. Yeah. Probably no mm -hmm. more for the seventies, but you could have went with those thing with those shows though, is they kind of faded later on. And that's when it got in the eighties. Yeah. But one you pick last week, married with children. I looked it up. It had three seasons in the eighties. Mm -hmm. So that would have been eligible. And then the one I was stuck with, but ultimately I didn't pull the trigger on it. Cause I really don't think it was, a, it wasn't a sitcom. It was more of a drama. Mm -hmm. uh, the wonder years. Yeah. I gave that thought, but, don't you, wouldn't you agree? I, that's, if you had said that, if you tried to force that in as a sitcom, I'd have been like, sitcom. nah, man. Yeah, nah, man. That's, that's, you would have ejected. There are funny, there are funny moments, but like that's, that was way more of a drama. Yeah, I agree. All right. Let me recap these here for you guys, everyone listening and watching. Um, all right. So Joe selected Cheers, The Golden Girls, Night Court, Taxi, Growing Pains. I selected Family Ties, The Cosby Show, Who's the Boss, Different Strokes and new heart i look at the list uh I don't you, it's good. not like you pick it's not like you pick bad shows right, here it's not like i pick bombs like like both lists are good yeah mine mine's just has like super heavy hitters in it chairs in the golden girls is just that it's that one two punch man it's it's Bo Bichette and, and Vlad yeah. Guerrero. We'll keep yeah. talking about the Blue Jays today. So <laughs> that that's what you have with one two and again night court is a very underrated show one of the more underrated shows of the entire decade, by the way. Yeah. I really like that pick a lot. Like if I was writing a column, if I was reviewing this and writing a column, I would, I would commend night court as a sleeper pick. Yeah. I, I you know what, what, another one that slipped under the radar was Mr. Belvedere. Oh, yeah. It's like that, that and growing pains were on like back to, I think yeah. they were on back to back. Uh, I think it might've been Friday nights, nights, maybe Friday nights. Maybe yeah. I, I can't remember for sure. I don't know. But that was, that was a good, and Bob Euchre like starring in a sitcom was, was mm -hmm. like, which was wild. That was, that was a really solid show. This was, this was fun. Might not be fun for me in the polls this weekend. <laughs> we'll see. But anyway, yeah, go check out Joe's Twitter at Joe Yernan or mine at Pat Moran tweets. Make sure you vote. This poll will be up on Tuesday. Again, whether you're listening on the audio side or you're checking us out on YouTube, appreciate all you guys. Make sure you check out Joe's podcast, Maintenance Day. Him and Lance Lazowski, they do an awesome job. That drops every Monday. Find that on Apple, Spotify, all those platforms, man. And, hey, Sabres are giving you some good content to talk about, too, so that's always good. Thanks for doing this, buddy. I, you know I always appreciate you, man. Absolutely. No, it's always fun. It's always fun to do this. And, you know, even, even late at night, it's still great. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.